Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. and welcome to Life Beats. Hope you're having a fabulous Monday morning. Now, coming up from 11 a.m., we're going to be welcoming back into the Pulse 95 studios the incredible Amal Murad, personal trainer and Emirati queen of parkour. This time... She's going to be talking fitness and how to keep in shape and keep working out when you're expecting. Send in your questions for her from now and listen out after 11 a.m. But first, have you been noticing more hair on your brush or your drain getting clogged up after a shower? Well, we're going to be talking hair loss today with Dr. Ritznei Schmitz Jr., specialist dermatologist, and we're going to be asking why hair loss occurs and what can be done about it. There are a ton of questions on this one, but keep them coming through as we chat to the doctor next. That's all coming up on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Yes, it's Life Beats on Pulse 95. I'm Sally Musa and it is time to talk hair loss and to give us a rundown on what it is and why hair loss happens, what we can do about it and much, much more. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Rutzne Schmitz Jr. Welcome, Doctor. Hello. Thank you very much for having me here. Brilliant to have you with us this morning. And uh, if you've got a question for the doctor, really easy to get in touch today. You can text us on 4215 on two zero double two on do. Uh, of course, we are on social media as well. You can find us Pulse95 Radio there as well. You can text us there your questions. Um, even calling us. You can call us in the studio, 600 600- Double five one double four nine. Now, um, uh, Doctor Ritzney. Now, it's interesting because people think about hair loss. They think about men losing their hair, but actually, um, a lot of women experience hair loss too. Um, so let's kind of start from there. What is hair loss, and how does it happen? Well, actually, hair loss, it's not a condition by itself, but a symptom. So you have many, many causes of hair loss, and they can uh, both address uh, men and women at the same time. But of course, they are a bit different uh, amongst its presentation. So yes, men, they do have more hair loss, and this is normally associated with the fact that they are men indeed. Okay, so... Um, men, uh, they do have more hair loss because they have an inheritance condition uh, that it's uh, linked to several of their genes. Mm. And their genes, uh, they do lead to a higher sensitivity for the hormone that's called testosterone. And this testosterone, uh, it might lead to hair loss progressively over their lifetime. Okay, so uh, how much of a factor does genetics play um, it, for men and for women in terms of hair loss? Well, uh, for men, I would say that almost uh, 95%, almost 100%, they do have something related with their genetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, as usual, they are much more complex. So we do have metabolic conditions, we do have nutritional conditions, um, and we do have other things that might play a role on that as well. Okay, so uh, l- let's go through those. But I think it, it is the percentage about... 40% of women that experience hair loss? Well, uh, 
probably that's not uh, something that's for everybody. Uh, we can have transient hair loss as well. It's not, uh, we don't have always conditions that are uh, lifetime conditions. It's but not permanent. It's not permanent yeah. because our hairs, our, our hair, our hair follicles, they are always changing. We do have a time where the, the, the hair shaft is growing, where it's just stopping and waiting and resting. And we do have a time uh, where it starts to fall off. So that's why we, we don't have a, a three meter hair long, because we need to, to, to exchange. We need to switch the hair from time to time. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and that is the thing that uh, the way hair grows. Let's talk about that now. The way that hair grows, how that happens in a healthy scalp and the cycles that hair goes through. Okay, so we have um, what we call anagen part. Uh, it's that's when the hair is growing. Normally, uh, it might might take when we are talking about the scalp. We might have the hair to grow for a few years. Normally, three or or even a little more than that. Uh, we have um, a period of resting that we call telogen phase and we have also uh, um, a period where they are falling that we normally call um, catagen phase. So those periods uh, we have to experience one by one for our hair to be healthy as well. Mm -hmm. so. And and so this happens uh, over the course of how long? How long are, are these periods? Um, normally the, the hair fall, it's a very short period, something mm -hmm. amongst uh, two to four months. Uh, hair growth uh, two for th for three years, and normally the telogen phase can last around eight months. Okay, and so uh, of course hair, the way that hair grows, um, specifically on our heads. Let's just you know stick to the to the hair on the head at the moment. Uh, but that grows differently as we go through our life cycle, doesn't it? Uh, we do have several things that happens during our lifetime. Mm. We have. Our growth, that's our natural growth. We have periods where we, we, we're having a more traumatic experience. Life, it's not uh, stable, right? right? We have certain periods where we are more stressed or we are not feeding very well or we have a transition amongst uh, uh, what we are experiencing in our times uh, and our, our feelings as well. That could all lead to uh, a switch on the way that hair grows and then how it falls as well. Okay, so let's just kind of go through uh, the different ways that, um, like you said, it's very complex, for, more complex for women. For men, it's it's kind of like, okay, it's genetic. You gave me an example earlier that, you know, you can actually come from the same family um, of people, you yourself included. You have an amazing head of hair, by the way. Well, thank you very much. Uh, but in the same family, you can have people experiencing hair loss and those who don't. So the thing is, we are usually, um, we learn to think about genetics as being something that you just have a gene and you put it on to your son and then to your grandson and so on. But uh, in reality, we have a more complex scheme. So we have several genes and that they might be expressed differently amongst generations. Mm. So in my family, I don't have any issue about my hair loss, but my brother, he does have an 
an alopecia hair loss, uh, which is caused by his hormones as well. So my my children, my sons, I have two sons, uh, they might experience that in, in the future. So it's something that uh, goes on from generation to generation, but the number of genes and how they express, uh, it's what makes uh, people in the same family to have different presentations. Mm-mm-mm. We've got so many questions for you, doctor, all about um, the kind of things that will help um, hair loss. Uh, can you reverse it? People are asking that. Uh, people are asking, uh, does diet affect hair loss? Um, uh, and there are other questions as well about the treatments. Uh, so there's plenty more coming up on uh, Life Beats here on Pulse95. If you've got a question, send it in now for Dr. Rutsne. It's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We are back with Dr. Rutsne Schmitz Jr. So many questions coming in for him on this topic. He's a specialist dermatologist and today he is helping us out with the topic of hair loss. Dr. Uh, Rutsne, uh, now Noura Dean has uh, texted in a question asking about um, the age that hair loss can occur. So let's say that we are talking about androgenic alopecia um, because this is one of the main reasons for the hair to, to, be, to be falling. So uh, men and women, they have different ages for that to happen. In men, usually we see that uh, after puberty and especially when they are reaching their 20s, 25s. Uh, but in women, it's linked to to what's causing the hair loss. Hang on, hang on. In men, it can start as early as 25. Uh, even earlier than that. Even earlier than that. It's progressive. Wow. So normally, we don't feel a lot of change when we, we lose about uh, 20, 30% of our hair. Normally, that's when you start to notice that that's happening. Oh, wow. So okay. after you reach that amount, uh, 30% of hair loss, then you really start to notice. But this can start in a very early age. And for women? And for women, it depends on the cause. If the women have hormonal imbalance, it can start in the same age as men. Mm. But uh, normally most of women, they will have a male androgenetic factors and that normally starts just after their menopause. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so there, there are different times, but it can start after menopause as well. Yes, that's if we are speaking about androgenic alopecia. Mm. So uh, there's other situations during lifetime. We were discussing previously about um, pregnancy-related hair loss. So normally after one year to 18 months after you, you, you deliver a baby, uh, you might have also hair loss, but this is uh, because of a total different uh, situation. So that, uh, that's a period that's very common. Mm. Uh, as I work a lot with the patients that are uh, poor pro patients, that means that they are after the, 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 she, the, the, the experience hair loss after they delivered. And I do see those cases a lot. Okay, uh, on the line right now, uh, I'd like to welcome into the discussion international uh, motivational speaker, Andrea Zoya. <laughs> Good morning, Sally. Good morning, doctor, and everybody tuning in. Good morning, everyone. Hi. So Hello. good to have you with us, Andrea. Now, um, you know, you are, it can be said, uh, quite a beautiful, stunning woman with an amazing head of hair. 
But thank you so much. But you say the but. <laughs> <laughs> but you say that this is something actually that you struggled with. Tell us for more. more than, for more than 10 years. So first of all, I have so much to add and say to everything that the doctor has mentioned. And he's spot on with everything. I totally agree with you, doctor. I have found out I have alopecia when I was 19 years old as I was uh, modeling professionally and I was on the cover of magazines and I was so uh, keen to, to be a professional model and then I woke up to losing a lot of hair more and more. The density of my hair was going from 100% to 80, 70, 60 and I even had uh, a small, uh, like a 5 to 8 centimeters uh, empty patch in front. In the, like in the forehead so it was very visible you would just see it and uh, my confidence levels as a woman as a model as a teenager has completely disappeared uh, from then and then when I first went to the doctor they told me well it seems to me because you have uh, PCOS which is a condition uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome because you have hormonal imbalances this is normal and at that time, the doctor in Romania, because I'm, I'm from Romania, told me, oh, uh, so with this patch here in front of your head, because you lost hair, it will never grow back. And I just want to say to all the doctors in the world, to never say that to anybody, because that's so tough to hear. That is really hard. I mean, that would impact, <laughs> you know, particularly women. It's almost because we expect it to happen to men. But for women, we don't expect that to happen to us. And when it does happen... Um, it's the it's, end of the world because yeah. our hair is our crown. Mm. Women, women are we are meant to be charming and beautiful and you know attractive. And when you don't have your crown on your head, now what are you going to do? So in my case, I started. I've experimented with so much. I'm wondering what is the doctor, what the doctor has to say about this. I went into taking birth control and. Having taking birth control has helped regrow a little bit the hair and stop the hair loss. And then, um, and then it came back because, of course, the uh, birth control will have a certain effect on your hormonal level, but that was a temporary solution. Then I started using minoxidil. Particularly because, is that because as well, uh, Dr. Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome? Yes. Is that yes. Wh why that would help? Um, yes. Can, the, Dr. Ritzner, can you comment a little bit about, a le about the impact? Because I didn't know this, that mm -hmm. polycystic ovarian syndrome, because mm -hmm. we, we, you get told that, you will have excess hair rather than hair loss. But actually, this is a symptom too. Well, we were uh, discussing what is called hyperandrogenism syndrome. Uh, this is what normally leads to uh, hair loss in a very early age, especially for women. And this has more than one cause. It's not just a polycystic ovarian syndrome, but that's uh, quite a rather common cause. Yeah. Uh, so women who experiment um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, for instance, uh, they do have hair loss, but they might also uh, present hair that grows in unusual areas, actually male areas. So as the chest or even in the bird areas or in the jawline. On the chin, yes. Mm. Yes. yes. So uh, normally contraception as they are a good choice of treatment, but they cannot be any contraception as there are specific types of contraceptions that can be used. And of course, we combine that with treatments for stimulating the hair growth as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what's not very usual is for you to tell me that you have a patch. So, normally when we are thinking about... Um, it wasn't completely empty. It was just starting to fade out more and more. So, mm -hmm. that patch wasn't completely... Uh, um, it wasn't bald completely, but it was 
much less hair that it it was visible it was visible that I wasn't having enough hair there mm. when when we see there's a patch uh, normally we have to think in different causes for hair loss because um, hair loss that presents in patches uh, normally it's associated with autoimmune diseases like uh, right. what we call alopecia areata Alopecia is a term that uh, it's used for a lot of diseases, but alopecia just means hair loss. Uh, but when we say alopecia areata, that's when we think about patches of hair loss. So you might have uh, something a bit unusual, not just the PCOS, but something a little bit more complex. Mm. And well, the, the good news, sorry, the good news I have for myself and, and for you is that through homeopathy and a very strict lifestyle, I've managed to restore to restore my hair and and that's because for 10 long years I went and I've experimented with Diane 35 with a certain birth control then I went into minoxidil and minoxidil was fantastic I was having so much hair and I was like whoa this is amazing and then I started actually to have heart palpitations and, and I knew I was aware that if you take minoxidil uh, and if you are more sensitive like in my case it will have an effect on long term after two, three, four years on your heart rate because this chemical enters your bloodstream, enters your body. It gives you uh, more, um, more hair on your scalp, but it also has a, a side effect. And after I experimented with these two, I said, enough is enough. I want to cut completely the chemicals. They don't work for me. I know that these two solutions are good for other people and everyone has to make their own choices. In my case, I said, I'm done with it. And uh, I realized also that aside from PCOS and also having some other um, uh, hair growth on my, on my face, which I solved with laser, I realized that because I took antibiotics when I was very young, so when I was super, super young, two, three years old, I was having low immunity uh, problems. So I was exposed to many infections and I had to take lots of injections and antibiotics. And I know that that also thins the hair. So I am very happy that you are on air to really educate all women and men out there to be very specific and particular about their case and not say, oh, I have alopecia, I'm doomed. Mm. No, everybody has a certain body, everybody has a certain medical condition and history, and they have to follow the trail of what they have done in the past and what can they realistically do that fits their particular body and hair. Okay, uh, let's discuss about therapy now then. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, therapy doesn't work for 100% of people. So mm. when you're saying about minoxidil, which is also a medication called Regain, uh, normally yeah. most patients do not experience that side effect. Actually, mm -hmm. it's considered a quite safe medication and, and that uh, it's according to latest researches. So minoxidil was initially um, uh, created as a medication for treating blood pressure. It was a blood pressure reducer. And uh, over time, they realized that people that were using this medication, uh, they were having hair growth. So that's how it begins. And that's how a lot of medications are developed. So uh, most people, uh, when they are using topical minoxidil, they might experience some headaches. They might experience some uh, hair loss, actually, in the first uh, month or two because it speeds up all the hair growth. And um, some people, they will have uh, lower blood, blood pressure. But most people, they indeed feel the benefits of using a medication such as those. As for your lifestyle changes, uh, congratulations. That's a, a great step. 
uh, for sure. Uh, the, 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 the hair reflects our scalp and the scalp uh, reflects mm. the health of our body. Mm, so yeah. if we are doing healthy things for, for our body, like having a proper diet, uh, diet yeah. with uh, veg- vegetables, fibers, uh, vitamins, uh, this sure. will reflect for sure on your health. Yeah. And also, uh, one thing I want to ask from my experience is um, I, I also investigated through Chinese medication because I went, I told you, I, I went all the way to the, I, I took the holistic approach. Uh, so I tried uh, uh, homeopathy and actually I worked with a very good doctor from here from Dubai who is a homeopath and I, uh, and I also did acupuncture. And the Chinese doctor who was doing acupuncture for me told me that my, my kidneys were quite weak. Hence, they were not pumping enough blood all the way to the scalp. And so I see how minoxidil could help because when you don't have enough blood uh, circulation or blood flow going all the way to, to your scalp, that's when the hair is a bit weak. But for me, instead of using minoxidil because it just didn't work for me, it's a particular case. I'm happy if it works for other people, of course. I added so much more exercise. So in order well, to, to have more blood flow, I, I, I'm running more, I'm running faster, I'm exercising more. Wow. <laughs> I think that's a good point as well. Uh, it's, it's important to, to uh, keep doing measures that can uh, help you to improve your stress levels as well. Mm. So doing exercises, doing meditation and praying, they are all good measures to, to reduce your stress level. And the hormone that's linked to the stress, cortisol, it also makes the hair to, to be lost. So it's good to control your stress and that will for sure reflect on your skin quality and hair quality. Andrea, uh, thank you so much for sharing your experience. I think mm-hmm. a, a lot of people learned from that and uh, you've brought up a lot of points and we're going to discuss uh, more of that uh, after the break. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was uh, international motivational speaker Andrea Zoya, who speaks very openly about her own hair loss. This is what we're talking about today with Dr. Rutsne Schmidt Jr. You've got questions. Send them in right now. It is Life Beats with me, Sally Musa on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Keeping it local all day, every day. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. The text lines are just really blowing up today for this one. Uh, we are talking hair loss with Dr. Ritzne Schmidt Jr. and uh, all of the different kind of uh, treatments that you can have. There's an amazing one called Platelet Research, Platelet Reach Plasma, rather. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Uh, But we just had Andrea Zoya on the line uh, talking about what she went through and how she found a more holistic way to treat her hair loss. Uh, And that that certainly involved exercise, a change of diet. So um, tell us a bit more, uh, Doctor, about how we can uh, harness that because that's easy. Everybody can do that. What can we do in terms of lifestyle changes that can promote hair growth? Well, we, we were discussing that to have a nice hair, you also have to take a very good care of your body. So normally the same measures that we promote to have a healthy lifestyle, like eating a good intake of proteins, uh, having uh, vitamins from uh, vegetables, from, from fruits and uh, eating fibers, they are all very good recommendations for improving your, your health in general. And that will also reflect on your hair. 
Also, it's very important to take good care of your scalp. If your scalp is too dry or too oily, you might have irritation and, and that for sure will compromise the, the, the hair quality. Mm. And if your scalp is too oily, what would you recommend there? And if it's uh, too dry, what would you recommend? Well, if it's too dry, I think you can either place a, a, a moisturizer or you use uh, shampoos that w will not remove all the, all the lipids that are the, the greases that are natural to the hair. And if it's too oily, of course, you can also use shampoos to remove the excessive oiliness. Mm. We are trying to reach balance here. We don't right. want it to be too dry. We don't want it to be too oily. But achieving balance is the best way to, ha to have a healthy scalp as well. Do a lot of people use shampoo too often? And then it kind of strips your scalp of all the natural oils? Actually, we don't have evidence that there is a certain frequency that uh, makes your hair to be loose more. Normally, even if you wash your scalp every day, that doesn't increase the hair loss. With Okay, with uh, shampoo. With shampoo. But in terms of um, stripping your hair of its natural oils, um, I've heard some people say you shouldn't be using shampoo more than, you know, twice a week. Uh, you can use it every day and it's safe and it doesn't increase hair loss. Okay. And that's a fact. Okay, good to know that. Um, are there certain foods? Uh, we've got uh, Maria asking, are there certain foods that can help you with your hair growth? Uh, normally, um, if you do have a diet that's well varied, mm. and uh, especially foods that are rich in oils like avocado and nuts, uh, that's that's something that's very important to have a healthy hair. Mm. And also, it's important that you have a proper um, protein intake, independent of the source of protein that you have. So, if you're eating less protein than you need, then there there will not be enough protein for hair growth. Your body will 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 place that uh, protein in, in the areas where it needs most. So we normally have to, to have a good protein intake to have also a healthy, nice hair because the hair is made of protein. So uh, would you recommend like um, oily fish, things like that? Normally those orientations, omega-3, oily fish, they are what we promote as healthy lifestyle choices. Okay, fabulous. Uh, you were talking about exercise, but actually um, you were telling me that uh, elite athletes can sometimes uh, experience hair loss. Why is that? So uh, we were discussing and there's a very interesting study that shows that uh, bodybuilders especially, they do have a lack of a vitamin, that's vitamin B7 or vitamin H. And uh, this lack of, of this vitamin, that's also called biotin, which is a very well-known name, uh, might be linked to hair loss. So if you have a deficiency of a specific vitamin and we do uh, replace that vitamin, that can change a lot. Also, people who are playing sports in a very competitive level, uh, if they are not having the proper diet and the proper follow-up, they might, might also have hair loss and brittle nails and even uh, dry skin. So it's good that you exercise yourself but have also uh, a healthy diet for that. All right. Uh, let's get into more of the uh, the treatments that you can use to stop hair loss and to reverse it. Um, so kind of let's go through them. Uh, minoxidil is one that you talked about earlier. Okay. Uh, just uh, uh, coming back to minoxidil. Minoxidil, it's a vasodilator. It helps uh, the, the blood flow on the scalp to be more 
available for the, the, the hair to grow. So it's a very safe medication, as I was saying. Uh, but we also have uh, other medications that can be used. Uh, a very popular treatment that uh, I receive a lot of questions these days, it's uh, platelet-rich plasma, uh, which some people know as the vampire lift. The vampire lift. Yes. Oh my goodness, tell me more. Okay, so what we do in this treatment, we take a blood sample and then we process it and add some activation factors to make um, growth factors available. And we extract this part of the blood and we re-inject back on the scalp. We have two different techniques that we use for that. Either we can inject that on the fat level or we can use uh, devices that uses very tiny microneedles to deliver them in the scalp skin itself. And that's been showing amazing results and the evidence is growing over time and time. And especially for the scalp, we have even more evidence on that than even on the, on the rejuvenation. Wow. So you're basically, you're taking out blood, um, adding stimulators to it, and then bringing it back, reintroducing it back into the body. Well, that's quite a natural treatment, I think, because you're using your own blood to, to bring improvement. Wow. What are you yeah. actually putting into the blood? Uh, there are some activators, uh, especially uh, calcium citrate and some other things just to isolate the growth factors. What, what's really making the difference here is not the activators, mm -hmm. uh, but the growth factors that we isolate and that we extract to implement back on the scalp. Okay. This is fascinating. What else? Uh, what other treatments are there uh, that people can try? Well, we have also a medication that's uh, very well known, that's called finasteride. Uh, finasteride, it's a medication that blocks um, the testosterone that gets into the hair follicles. So what it does, it, uh, it reduces the, the cause of, the, of the, the, the hair loss itself, especially when we are uh, talking about androgenic alopecia. And in men, that's quite common. Uh, we can use that, but in women, we can just use that after the menopause. And there's a few restrictions. It's not everybody that can that can use that. Uh, a lot of men are concerned about the use of this medication because in some cases it can uh, lead to libido loss. Mm. Uh, but actually, that's a, a, a very, a very few number of cases that we find with it. Okay, uh, because obviously with different medications, there are different side effects. Uh, the PRP or platelet-rich um, plasma, are there uh, side effects with that at all? Actually, uh, the side effects, they are the usual ones that uh, might be associated with any dermatologic procedure. Mm. So we don't see any systemic side effects because we don't expect that to spread that much. Okay, coming up next, we're going to be talking about uh, implants as well, hair follicle implants. This is an incredible process. Uh, you were explaining it to me. We're going to be talking about that next. If you've got questions for Dr. Rutsnay, send them in. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Oh, so much to talk about with Dr. Ritzney. He is here. He's a specialist dermatologist, and he's given us the lowdown on hair loss. Now, Dr. Ritzney, um, something that people see uh, a lot of uh, celebrities doing, particularly men, uh, is transplant, hair transplants. 
Um, you know, you've seen it on the likes of uh, Wayne Rooney, Shane Warne, who's a famous Australian cricketer as well. Um, how does that work? What is the process there? Well, actually, hair transplantation is something that we indicate uh, when your hair is already in a very progressive stage. Mm. So when you have more than 10 years of hair loss and you couldn't, you weren't able to recover this by treatments or you don't want to do the treatments because treatments do take a lot of discipline to keep doing them all the time. Um, it's interesting. You did say to me that you need to come uh, and start the treatment as early as possible. This will help your, your chances of regaining your hair back. Well, that's because when you lose your hair, uh, if you leave the follicles, the roots of the hair, for too long unattended, uh, they might scar. Mm-hmm. So if you have a scar and not have a follicle anymore, there is nothing from where the treatments will, will be working on. So uh, as early as you start to treat, uh, the more follicles that are viable for regrowth uh, are available. So you have much more uh, hair regrowth. So if you are treating this in an early phase, you can you can have back 60-70% of the hair that you already lost. But if you take like 10 years, uh, probably you'll be able to regrow 30% back. Okay. So those are the cases that we normally get to, to the hair transplantation. So hair transplantation has evolved quite a lot in the in the last years. Um, in the in the past, we we do have that doll-like appearance for the hair transplant. So most people that were doing it were not very happy with uh, with the. Looks the like outcomes. a toupee. Sorry. It looked like a toupee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, but in fact, it was a transplanted hair. But now it's looking a lot more natural. Tell us how and why that is so normally today the most people approach this with a very uh, specific technique that's the hair follicle transplant so instead of uh, getting a tuft of hair you just transplant one by one so uh, this hair has to be extracted from uh, another from a donor area on, on your scalp and then you cut and separate every and single each follicle to be transplanted back Every single follicle yes. is replaced separately, cut you, up and replaced separately. You have uh, to put them in a, in a microscope uh, slide for in, in, any and every hair. And, oh my uh, gosh, that sounds painstaking. Actually, it's not that painful. And uh, some people do this with just local anesthesia and topical anesthesia, but it's a lengthy process. Right. So how long does that take, you know, if you were going to go through that kind of a treatment? It depends on how much hair you're transplanting. Okay. Um, some people need 3,000 hairs. Some people need 8,000 hairs. So it can take half a day. It can take a full day. And it demands uh, a team of uh, specialists to cut Every and, and each hair. Sometimes you need almost 20 people to be uh, to be working on that at the same time. Just looking to the, the, the hair follicle in the microscope and uh, addressing it in the right place. Mm. And there's even a, a new robot that's helping to, to go for that surgery. Wow. So there's a robot for hair transplants now. Yes, for implementing the hair back. Wow, to plant to plant it back in, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. And so, obviously, you need, like you're saying, you need a team, a whole uh, team of people. You need a team of people. You might need a robot, and um, you need to have a lot That's of patience as well. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay, one of the biggest questions that we're getting, um, that we hear every day, all the time, is about the water here in the UAE, the water quality. 
you often hear people saying, you know, b- before I came to the UAE, um, my hair was fine. But then when I came here, I noticed that the water had an impact on my hair. Is it true or false? So uh, that's false for sure. But uh, let's go to the facts here. So when you move to UAE, you have a lot of changes in your lifestyle. So you're exposed to more light, you're exposed to more heat, humidity, and air conditioning all the time, a lot of stress because you're here for working, right? Right. So we do work a lot and we don't have exactly the same uh, food uh, that we are normally used to have in our home. So all that impacts uh, how your body will behave and how the hair will behave. Uh, the tap water quality is quite good here in UAE, so we don't have issues with that. Nonetheless, um, any any uh, water that is treated, it has a lot of chlorine. And chlorine can make your skin drier and your hair to be brittle. So some people, they do use uh, special shower filters to reduce the levels of chlorine. And I'm comfortable in saying that I think that's a useful measure. Okay. All right. So put in the filters in into your uh, showers uh, so that you can get less chlorine. Okay. So uh, finally, because we're running out of time, so much to talk about. Um, your tips for healthy, shiny, fabulous hair. So you were asking me before about the use of some essential oils for, mm. for using for the hair. Because you uh, hear about argan oil, you hear about olive oil, uh, coconut What's good? Well, I think all the three are good choices and there are different recipes that you can use them. Also, I would say also avocado oil might be helpful Ah, and even avocado itself, uh, besides the ones that you just mentioned. Uh, Normally, I recommend them to treat people who have damaged hair from a lot of uh, cosmetic procedures. So what you're treating here is the hair itself and not the scalp. Uh, But let me give you uh, a tip on, on how to have a shiny hair and that's, that can be used for, for everybody. Yes, please. So uh, you probably have heard about apple vinegar. No. So it's the vinegar that you extract from apples. Oh, apple vinegar. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yes. Well, you apple can, cider vinegar? Yes, that's the one. Okay, okay. yeah. You can dilute a spoon in uh, half a liter of water and use to spray it as a rinse after you wash your hair. Okay. All right, rinse rinse with apple cider vinegar. You just solution. spray it after you you rinse off. You wash your hair, you rinse off, and then you can just spray the 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 apple vinegar on. And what does that do to your hair? Well, actually, the 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 vinegar it lowers the pH of the the hair. So when you do that, the outer layer of the hair that we call cuticle uh, becomes more slim, and in practical terms, that will lead to a shiny appearance. Wow. And you can do that every week. All right. I would not recommend you to do that more than a week, uh, more than once a week. Uh, But once a week, you'll be fine and your hair will look shiny. That's fabulous. Dr. Ritzney Schmitz Jr., thank you so much for being with us today, answering our million and one questions. I think we need to have you back. There's a lot we didn't get to. But thank you. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking fitness and pregnancy with the queen of parkour here in the UAE, Amal Moraj. She is back and on Live Beats on Pulse95.